Episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Mad Dog 2020 Jivanisi, and today we're talking about building a software based business. The hidden truths, baby. <laughs> Joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. What's up, man? How's business? Sup? Good. Uh, Good. After weeks of, of, of sorrow or lack of progress, Mm-hmm. There have been uh, quite a few major milestones achieved lately, so I am really riding it high, and it's on me to destroy. Like, what's usual. the biggest one? Can you mention it? Well, um, I can now actually feel good about deploying Lasso onto Listen Money Matters. Ah, like live or or staging? So we're gonna do staging. I mean, it's been on staging, but it has the update feature yeah. it has a ton of the fixes we had talked about mm-hmm. um a lot of tightening things it's feeling like i'm ready to show it to other people mm. it's pretty good it's exciting it's about a year's worth of work right roughly yeah building a software-based business yes okay it's very so, relevant so fun so real <laughs> yeah i am uh yet or was it yesterday no the day before i started work on my pool care video course, and I filmed 10 videos. How many hours? Well, you know what I found fascinating is you did 10. You only had to mm-hmm. do 15. But one of them, editing it, took you like two and a half hours, and you were, didn't even feel you were close to done. No. Which is like, yeah, the editing either shows gonna... how dynamic you are at recording it or just how much goddamn work. <laughs> well, editing. I mean, rec- recording it's easy because really it's it's – I, you know, I did all this. I did two days worth, like two full days, like full work days of outlining the course. And a lot of that outlining was kind of already done. Like I had been working this course for like two years. Mm. So a lot of that outlining was already done, but I formatted it and cleaned it up a little bit and threw it all into Apple Notes so that I could just quickly pull it up on my phone, which is kind of like my teleprompter. And and then I, I know the material, right? So I, I, I know the material. So mm. I could sit down in front of the camera, turn the light on, Flip, you know, put the on switch on, and I know what I got to say for the video, and I just kind of go and I just record as much as I can. If I mess up, I just redo it. You know, I just do it again. And you know, some videos were 15 minutes long, some videos were six or seven minutes long. And the longer the video is, like, there's just more cutting I have to do because I'm I'm literally cutting out my bullshit. Like I mm. my my rambling i guess because sometimes i ramble about a specific topic because i don't have it written down i'm kind of just so i don't think anyone listening would believe that that is a thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah uh it's gonna take me a long time to do this course Mm. it's gonna be you said you told me that you're hoping to clean it by the end of the year and i I felt like if i could have been blown backwards off of my chair that that was i thought you're gonna be like like It'll be done in like two weeks. No, I think this one's gonna take a long time. Hmm. I gotta sit down. I gotta edit it. I gotta make sure I'm saying the right thing in the right order. I gotta make sure that there's because there's animations I gotta do. There's B-roll I gotta splice in. It's I not, would like it's to a, revise my pricing suggestion from last episode. Uh-huh. Instead of forty nine, fifty three. Oh wow. <laughs> no, really uh, it's, up the value. <laughs> 
Speaking of value, let's talk about our sponsor. Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka, as Andrew says. Let's... Let's get into this. All right, this is this is. Uh, I want to talk about the truth, the 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 hard truth of building a software based business. Now, we're here's here's the the truth is in this episode is that Andrew and I have both built our own software based businesses. One of them mildly successful, mm. right? You'd say, in some way, you might say, you might say, one an abysmal failure. Right. Okay. Uh, do you want to guess <laughs> who created the failure? <laughs> uh, so here, here's what we're going to – here's – I think I need to kind of preface this. Like obviously there are companies out there who are software-based crushing it. You, like you read Google, about them for all example. The like Google. For example. <laughs> yeah. You're reading about uh, – I know like you know a lot of people – brag about the success of their companies and they should mm. um but there's a lot of hardships that go into making those and you probably don't hear about those all that much although i will say some companies do are very transparent in that uh, I, I feel know, like it's kind of like history in that it's written by the winners so yeah you, you see the story of the winners of world war ii because they didn't die right and so all the successful businesses in the software space are written by the people who did it good. Yeah. And made mistakes. Right. Hmm. So I think it's interesting. Like, you know, I let's take a company like buffer or a company like convert kit who, who both like they're, they're very transparent in their revenue and what they do and their decisions they make and all that stuff. But ultimately they're two successful companies, right? Hmm. They'll, they'll be very honest about their mistakes where they're, you know how much money they've they've spent and how much money they make, but at the end of the day, like they're successful, you know, and they, and they win. And I really want to hear those stories of failures. I think those are the more interesting. And so, uh, or the ones that are like, okay, they're fine, like super, super, super mediocre, right? And so, <laughs> what story is a super, super mediocre one? <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna let's talk. We're gonna tell those those stories. Mm, I think it's a good idea. Okay. Um. So let's start with the super, super, super <laughs> mediocre one. Let's give us some success here, because uh, I actually don't know a lot about this story. Mm. 
you have a comp have a software product right. called Simple Wealth. Is it SimpleWealth.co? Okay. Mm. Uh, why did you build it? So Laura and I were researching rental properties. Mm-hmm. Um, we had bought one, learned some lessons, or perhaps just wanted to be more thoughtful about it. And there's just so much information. Yeah. And, it, and so one, like calling it to just calculate what your pie in the sky return might be was really hard. There's no tool that existed. I I didn't spend months of my life to to yeah no I couldn't there was nothing that I could find that did this and, and so Simple Wealth is a property investment property evaluation tool right and then and then the one other piece was you know you evaluate it but often mm-hmm. there's like ten deals that you shortlisted and like comparing them side like okay so you know there's three hundred webs there's three hundred uh uh properties on this platform we we found 10 that fit our loose criteria one evaluate them two compare them apples mm. to apples so that we could pick the one favorite so how does this how does it work you you when you log in and you create an account like you pay for it right mm. was it it's we talked about it, it was like eight dollars a month if you pay for the whole year right right uh so it's pretty less than 100 bucks for the whole year right mm. yeah 96 yeah Okay, so you so you go in and you pick a state or a area and you put it now. So okay. so uh, the idea is I've like, used it once before. I will say I've used it once, but like I don't even you let me that, but... see it. <laughs> no, I'm sure you. Well, did. I, did, I wasn't buying a rental property, so so the idea is like you already have uh, addresses, like you've like you know whether you're looking in Zillow or you're going oh, okay. like Roofstock, there is a specific property that you're interested in. I see. So, okay, so it, it is driven basically off of an address. All right, got it. And so then uh, you, go ahead. So, so to, to really, I'll try and like spill this out in like sixty seconds or less. You put the address in, mm-hmm. you know, verified by Google, and it goes out and it grabs all the Zillow data, which is free, mm-hmm. um, although it's a pain, kind of pain to set it up, and then all of the House Canary data, which is paid, and um, combines them. And provide you with a page with all of the key numbers that you might give a shit about. It's mm-hmm. location on a map, you know, school rating, yada yada yada. Just like yeah. a holistic view of of that, of that property. property. Yeah. And then I guess so. One, it's like, oh, cool! Like all the numbers in one place. The it, it is essentially a calculator in that every number on the page you can click. And it becomes editable, or, or anyone that you should be able to change, and it will on the fly recalculate all the formulas. So you could play with scenarios, like what if my vacancy rate wasn't ten percent, it was twelve percent? Mm. How would that affect my profitability? And Got it. It's yeah. It's really nerdy for people who do investment properties. It's it's like all formulas. Yeah, I like. It was yeah. These are formulas you invented or like no, no, you collect no. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're collected so these are like, through various tools and there were people in Listen My Matters that I knew that had rental properties that helped me develop what oh, okay, formulas cool. that were ne- or not developed formulas that were necessary, but indicate which ones actually, you know, people want. And how how long did it take you to build this? So version one, or I, I mean like the one that uh, it you, took t- 
Yeah, go ahead. So, so the most basic, like it was all functioning and uh, it was pretty much ready to collect money. It took mm-hmm. me about 30 days. And, to build it? Uh, I, I, was gonna, I was literally going to preface it with like uh, the amount I, I worked probably almost every night to like 2 a.m. Okay. I also, I, you, I had a, you still had a job, right? I still had a job. I worked okay. like every day on the weekends. I didn't shower much. It was a sole life focus. Like everything wow. else was back burner. Yeah. And you were doing the podcast still. Yeah, I was doing all the other stuff. Yeah. But full so, psychopath you did, over here. You did all the coding. For version okay, so yes. I did all the coding and I would say the version now is probably still at least seventy percent me. And what version is it at now? I mean I don't I don't track versions, but we've we've added features, tighten bugs. Um if we were to give versions, I'd say like version one point two or something. Okay, okay, all right. So not not like a not a ton of like it upgrades since you did it. Right. Uh, and and you I guess hired somebody to help you with those little tiny bug fixes, right? To help with the bug fixes, and I guess the problem that I see, or I okay, so when you're building software, you're always like trying to solve future problems, right? Like whether it's future problems of your user or future problems of you. And I think the biggest problem in building software are solving future problems that you may never have. Okay. And so one of the things that we spent a lot of time on from the month of launch and a lot of money on till, you know, we stopped developing on it uh, was on unit testing. So our ability to push new code changes and have automated tests run so yeah. that like we know the tool works after we release these changes. Okay. And so writing unit tests to cover and like every single line of code is covered. You know, we complied with PEP8, which is a code format thing because mm-hmm. I wanted it to be super standard so I could plug new developers in and yada, yada, yada. And so a lot of the time from launch until I stopped was on that. And then I fell out of love with the idea or had difficulty selling Selling it, it. like finding the right market. And so all of that probably didn't need to happen. I basically solved the test building. Right. Like if I was to continue building, there was going to be my life's work and we were going to attach, you know, a hundred developers and whatever it was, that would have been like such forethought and would have been amazing. But we right. it never went that there. So you think that that was ultimately the downfall of it? it I mean, it, in your in for you because it's not it's a it's a it's a product that works very well, mm-hmm. right? It's you still I'm, I'm sure do you do any maintenance on it at all? Not really. I, I haven't in in many months. But it works. It works. I, I haven't yep. had complaints on bugs. I have au- some automated thing that if someone gets like an error, like I it's reported to me. Okay. Um, and that doesn't happen. It, it hasn't happened in in months. Okay, and people are using it, and you have paying customers. Yeah, and there are new people every month, and you know people okay. churn every month. I, I think the reason that uh, kind of tanked it in my head is it took it from an extremely viable business to one that had spent more than it might earn over. Yeah, and I was like, ah, this is a waste. But also, but I, I created the waste. I mean, as far as I, as the little understanding that I know about building these tests, it's not fun. No, it's shitty. It's a different, it's different kind of coding. It's, it's, it's almost like that's someone else's job entirely. There was a guy in uh, Vietnam who was doing it for months 
And so not only was it shitty for him, it was also shitty for me to write the, the specs of what he had to create. Yeah. You know? Dude, that sounds all Yeah, because it's not as – like, building a new feature, fun. Mm. Right. right. And Testing I have taken myself completely out of that. Yeah. Do, do you think uh, you could – like, if you – right now, if you took out – like, I don't have to do tests anymore. Like, maybe even threw away all the code mm. and just said, like, fuck tests. Would you – do you think you could find a new love for it? Somehow, I I think that uh, it it will happen. Okay. Um, I think that we'll continue further, but I do want to say that all the stuff that we built uh, is being reused in Lasso, whether it was like collecting payments through Stripe or mm. logging in, and so a lot of it, like I feel like the value is from lesson learned, lessons learned. Yeah, and you build it on Python. Uh, yeah. So it's Python. Flask is like the the framework that displays it. Okay. Uh, and we use Heroku. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you built your own login system? No, we use uh, this thing Flask. called Auth0. Okay. So it's uh, authentication as a service. Uh-huh. And so you get like a 1,000 monthly active users for $12, and mm-hmm. they handle basically all the security you could care about. It's super mm-hmm. easy to integrate with, like probably okay. saved a month of development. And you had to work with a lot of APIs. Yes. But that's what I did in my day job, so that was easy for me. Oh, okay. Uh, And, like, where do you think... So so you would say that the biggest mistake that you made was doing the testing. Uh, You think there's... What what else... How long long have you not worked on it? Like, when did you, you, like, stop working on it? You remember? I mean, I could could tell you exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I, I would say that it's probably been about a year, maybe a little bit more. Okay. And and I think that the the problem was the overspend, and then I didn't nail the market. The overspend on on developers, the, right? Like I I kind of built premature solutions, mm-hmm. and then I, I like listen money matters has the market in it, but not enough to sustain so, the level of development that I wanted to do. Got it. Do you have more ideas on how to grow it? Or oh, how I, to, I know exactly like the what product I want itself. To do. I have like an yeah. insane roadmap to like the moon and back. Oh, okay. And you just, and so it's there. You didn't get rid of it, right? No. It's like, uh, and so do you think the biggest issue besides the testing is that market fit? Like you, you like building the thing is easy. You enjoy building the thing. Mm. Finding the people to buy it has been a struggle. Yeah. Cause now where are these? Yeah. Good. Well, I was going to say like, I might not even be a customer based on like I I needed the tool, but I haven't bought a rental property in over a year, you mm-hmm. know. So for the last year, I don't even need it, and I think that was perhaps there. There are features that I wanted to add that would have been continually useful to me, and I yeah didn't, you know. So the churn uh, is a result of like the tool is based on a need this month or these few months. And then you don't need it until you're buying another rental property. Right. And you didn't know, you do, did you think about that before you'd built it? Not at all. Hmm. I just wanted it and mm-hmm. I just like literally got high and started. <laughs> so where, where uh, you said there, there's people signing up every month and I'm it, sure like a handful, right? Yeah. How are they finding it? Listen, money matters. So just uh, older episodes where you promoted it? So older episodes, we promoted it. Um, I think it's in all of our rental or a few of our rental property articles, and it's on the okay. footer of the website. And it's and it's relatively inexpensive enough where 
I mean, I, I actually haven't been to it. Let me go. I want to go to the website. I think it's nicely designed. Oh, all your stuff's nicely designed. Thank you, I'm sir. Not, that I'm not. Uh, oh, I, yeah, okay. The landing page is pretty tight. Laura and I obsessed over for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, like, it, it, I mean, if you buy rental properties, this is, it looks like a, like, it, the tool looks good. Like, it's a good-looking tool. We're, we're not right? pushing anything that it is not. This is exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Research and evaluate rental properties. I so, mean, mm. yeah, there's a lot. This this can go a long way, right? Do, do you want to invest in a business? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think the only problem you have with this is, is one, you don't have a reason for people to keep logging back in, mm. right? Because it is a software-based, or it's a SaaS, so, you know, it is a monthly subscription. So you need a reason for people to continually log back in instead of using it as a one-off tool, right? Right. Uh, and I think you need to f- connect with the audience, you know, and you're, and Listen Somebody Matters has got uh, a small subset of those people, but not the you know, most of the people who listen to Listen Money Matters are not rental property investors, but we certainly know uh, audiences where that is. That's all it is: is rental property invest- investors. Right. So I think it, it. I think just as it is now uh, could be super useful. I think perhaps as a one-off, right? Mm-hmm. As a one-time payment, maybe it's the same price. Maybe it's a little bit more. Well, so the uh, problem is, is every query that you do technically costs money because i have to hit a paid api okay so so there is something to it so i think there are definitely ways to improve this without really doing any more code work Mm. and just finding the market fit but then that's that takes time too and i think ultimately like it's just deciding whether that's something you want to invest in or not yeah i mean i love that someone came out of the woodwork and was like i'll do this all yeah, as an intern for free. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, that's that's definitely a possibility. Mm. But that's, I mean, so this failed. I I shouldn't say failed because it's not failed at it's all. It's profitable, but it's profitable. Know, yeah, but it's it's not like gangbusters. It's not making you a living. You couldn't live off of this. And that, those were my expectations. So okay. expectations shattered, love broken. Right. Uh this definitely has the potential. Mm. You know, and I think personally, like my philosophy is that every idea has a potential. It's as, it's it's how much time you're willing to put into the side it needs it, right? Yeah. The, obviously, thirty days and you have a product that doesn't exist, and that is needed, mm. right? But you didn't put the time and effort into the marketing. No, I'm I'm a hide alone in my room kind of guy. Right. Right. And and. That's fine. Like, that's why there's a lot of, like, there's a, in the brewery, I always bring up the brewery world of, and it's just probably a commercial. I don't even know how true this is, but like, brewers brew beer. You brew beer. Mm-hmm. And then you have another person who goes out and sells the beer. Right. Like you need that other person to go out and do that work for you. Or you can't brew the beer. Right. Or, yeah, because you need to, yeah, you, like, you, there's, like, whenever, I think when it comes to software specifically, you definitely need two people. Mm. You definitely need a co-founder because you need somebody who can who could focus on the marketing and get the product sold, and somebody who focuses on the development of the product itself. Absolutely, I, I doubt that that can be done by the same person, and I would be shocked. I mean, I've I've certainly not done that. You know, Y Combinator and TechStars, while they will accept single co single founders, they 
on their applications really hardcore push you to a co-founder. And one of the reasons is that they don't really believe a single person can do everything that is necessary. Yeah. On this, on like a software-based business. Right. I mean, they're mostly software-based businesses, what they they sponsor. And uh, it's just – and it's not because it's like – the skill sets as much as like a single warm body can't scratch all the itches at the rate right. necessary for them to be interested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a great product. And I think uh, you shouldn't give up on it. Do you, do you want to join the project? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. Um, but, but okay. So what are your, what are your biggest takeaways from this? I, th- I think um, you have to get it out there fast. So the biggest win with uh, Simple Wealth was after 30 days, 38 days, whatever it was, I pushed it out uh, to the list, to list money matters. Uh, it made almost $10,000. And I was like, I was. Oh, really? Yeah. I-, I was like super excited about wow. it. Wow. Um, and I, I planned. Wait, $10,000 ne- just in, they were buying yearly subscriptions, mm. right? Yeah, I would so, say over the next 30 days, it made roughly that. Oh, wow. Okay, shit. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you have a lot of people. So And, I, then, and then it just... And then well, it just... So what happened is, is I was buying rental properties and building this for me, and we had then also planned the month, the four episodes of rental properties, which yep. just kind of blew everything up. It was mm. I that one time in my life for 60 days that I did everything exactly right. Yeah. Like and, it, then, and it then it changed my business. And then it just and then you stopped. Yeah, because I'm an asshole. <laughs> well, I mean, so did you I mean it it doesn't sound like you stopped because of the marketing. You stopped because of the building of the development side of things. I got I got extremely discouraged. It's it's hard. Uh In what and what do you remember the moment of that happening? Yeah, yeah, I remember the moment of that that happening, and and it's not fair to me, for me to to do this, but it was it was like kind of the catalyst. Is I was at dinner with Laura, uh-huh. and she she roasted the shit out of me for the money that I was spending building mm. it, and I I I strongly believe that when you just build any business, you have to be like delusional to some degree, yeah. because. It's going to take how long for it to do anything, and you're likely going to fail. So you have to kind of be crazy. But mm-hmm. the things that she was saying made so much sense um, that I, I bought it, right? Yeah. And, and so that was that. Like when you don't love it, you can't it's not hard shower. To fall back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing with this project. It's probably going to be hard to fall back in love with, you know? Yeah. It, it just it, truthfully, right? Or you need somebody else to kind of take it over and you can kind of work. I mean, it's just, I feel the same way about swimming diversity as a whole, mm. right? It's like the day you kind of like, the, the, the day you put out in the back burner, even though it's making great money, is the day it'll never be, it'll never be a massively, massively huge company, right? You know, what is interesting though is you've done that multiple times and taken it back off the shelf. You've like I've put in list my uh, uh, swim university on the shelf, and you're like I just can't, or I'm yeah. done. Or you, there were time that you were going to sell it for a hundred thousand dollars, and yeah, I was like, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe. Yeah, I was. I tried really hard to convince you not to, and I did. Didn't I? Didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, 
It's just a, it was a thought. But yes, I I yeah, I do I can take things, but it's not I'm never going to take it back off the shelf and go 100% in, in, on board, you know what I mean? Like you were like in the always, beginning when you started building. Exactly. When yeah. you were like when it was like the sexiest, like coolest, you had all the momentum in the world to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Yeah. Yeah, this is a uh, I looked, it's it's I, I you've made your money back, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, I think we've made a little bit off of it, or yeah, that's but good. in the scheme of things that we're doing, yeah, you know, it, it's right. very low on the list of priority. So, uh, yeah, to kind of yeah, and profitability to kind to kind of like completely flip it. Mm. Uh, I I developed a I developed software uh, two years ago, my first piece of software ever. Uh, that failed like bad, but I think the I think the way that it failed it was it failed in a very peculiar way because I or, or you didn't launch it. Because it was launched. It well, no, I know it was launched, but there was a version that you had made. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's tell the story. So also. I, I so uh, if if I miss any details, the entire process of me developing this software is documented on money lab if you go to moneylab.co slash web dash app the it's it's build and launch a web app in 60 days was the original challenge and it was me and my friend jason zook uh we what happened was i i had this i have this spreadsheet i still use it every every month i have a spreadsheet that i enter in these metrics for some university and brew cabin and money lab. And it has, you know, certain formulas in it that, you know, it has churn rate on your email list. You had your email subscribers, you had your traffic, you had your revenue and it kind of calculates like your top uh, level numbers. Yeah. Your top level numbers. And it calculates like how well you're doing, like what's your traffic to email subscriber conversion rate? How's your profits doing and all that stuff. Uh, I used to fill this spreadsheet out for a site that, um, that Jason and I had worked on called get sponsorships and he, I would just email it to him every month because, or I would just slack it to him every month. And he's like, dude, this is so cool. Like I, like I get to see all these numbers in like a spreadsheet and it's like done for me. He's like, we should make this into a product. And so we, you know, we knew it was going to be a challenge on money lab. And so we're like, all right. And then we sat down and came up with the name, which was spruce. And the idea with Spruce, I love the like, name and and the the design of it. Yeah, I I that yeah we we first we hired a uh, so we hired somebody to develop the logo, mm. which is weird because I that's what I do for a living. Yeah, kind of. Oh, I would I would have never thought that. Yeah, yeah. So we actually uh, paid one of Jason's guys to do it, and uh, he had sent in the initial designs and they're all, you can see it. Uh, I forget how much we paid. It might be in here, but I ended up changing it later. So I ended up, uh, you know, partway through the project, I changed it, but it it goes into the whole story of why I decided to do this. So I, I, I built the software just like you built Mm. simple wealth. I decided to build it myself in Ruby Specifically, using Ruby on Rails as the framework, a language that you did not know, a language I did not know. I, I knew PHP, like, I, right? I knew PHP, I knew procedural PHP, like dangerous enough to be to be. You know, I've done software, 
mm. like that, like simple software. Uh, mostly, what do they call um, uh, write, read, add, update, CRUD. I did CRUD apps, basically. Oh, okay. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Create, read, update, del- uh, update delete. Yeah, CRUD. Mm. So those are mostly the apps that I've built. And but with Ruby and I and I did procedural PHP and I did object oriented PHP when that uh, finally came out. And obviously, like WordPress is is a lot of object oriented PHP. And so I kind of knew that. So I have uh, I had a basic understanding of programming language. I should I have to preface. Okay, that. but I mean, if you know Latin and English and you have a fair grasp of of you know languages you'd probably be remiss to write your dissertation in spanish True. if you if you don't know spanish right but you but you could learn it quickly quicker than most people right okay yes. so the challenge was also that i needed to learn a new language which i enjoyed because it didn't have semicolons mm. and that was that was beautiful to me python but, doesn't either yeah I've, <laughs> I've read that but then there then there then there were so many other challenges that I had not anticipated. Like I had needed to know terminal. Mm. So I needed to l- learn Git, which was another set of like, it's a whole nother thing to learn. Mm. Right. Uh, and that's still confusing to me to this day. It still confuses the shit out of me. I really don't fully understand it. Give like me, if I have a merge conflict, I'm so one fucked. Day, I'll, I'll, I'll get you on board. I, if I have a merge conflict, I'm so fucked. <laughs> like I'm just so that fucked. bad. <laughs> Uh, and I've watched several videos on it. It's still kind of like, ugh. but, uh, and then I had to learn, yeah, Git, GitHub, Ruby on Rails, Ruby, and then I had to learn how to use Heroku and deploy to that. Like that mm. was a whole, just, just like co- full blown concepts, like MVC. I had to learn what the fuck that was. Like it was just, I spent yeah. most of my time learning model view controller, model view controller, and then. <laughs> I had to deal and then because we were dealing so the idea of the app was to take your Google Analytics data, your MailChimp data. Which by the way, the amount of data that you can get out of Google Analytics is insane. Right. So I I mean like I as you've been like telling the story, I'm like, oh my God, I should ask Matt for the code for the Google <laughs> Analytics API because I can't imagine that was fun. No. Uh so it was Google it, it so the app basically you log in. You, you set it all up. You you know you connect to your Google. You connect to Google Analytics. You connect to Mailchimp, which is the only platform we had at the time, and Gumroad, which is our revenue platform that we had. You connect all three, and then it would just every day pull in updated data, and it would give you numbers. Like it would tell you, okay, well your traffic to email ratio is one percent. You know, uh, your Here's your. Re- it basically just show you your entire website business in one view, sort mm. of like Simple Wealth in that in that idea that like it's all in one place, right? And you know, once I started building it, then I started. You know, I got you know doing the crud stuff was very easy, and I, and doing like manual entry. So if you if you didn't use an a you know you didn't use Google or you didn't have uh you know you wanted to enter the stuff in manually like a spreadsheet, that part I got pretty quickly. Because it's a crud app, I understood it. Mm-hmm. When I started dealing with the APIs, is when I basically broke down. I basically had like a panic attack, and literally fucking couldn't build it anymore. But I did build a, I did build a <laughs> prototype. I did get s- kind of close, and then 
I remember talking to Jason going like, I fucking can't do this anymore. It was like, I think it was like 30 days in and I was like, mm. fuck this. I, you know, I was doing the design of the app too, like all the HTML side of Not things. Not to like, whatever. And I wasn't there, but it sounded like you were doing the 90 whatever percent. Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, it was just a nightmare. Honestly, it was a nightmare. Mm. Um, I do have fun building software. I think it's fun to like create anything mm. and just kind of sit there and learn. Like part of it was fun. When it when it came time to the APIs is when it got it when it was above my pay grade in general. Like I just was like not ready for it. And I and then Oh on top, alone with Google, I'm sure. Oh was, dude, fucking forget it, dude. <laughs> no, that was the I remember OAuth with Google. Oh God, no way. So just in general. And so so but besides that, I had someone else like kind of riding me. You know, it wasn't like I was just building this on my own. And when you say riding, you're like, yeah, Matt, go faster. Yeah. No, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't bad like that. It was, it was, he, he was being as supportive as he possibly could, you know, Mm. but I am such a negative person that like, I'm like, fuck this. Fuck. He's like, dude, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, fuck, I can't do it. Like, you know, uh, so we ended up hiring. So it was like childbirth for any of the. It was bad, dude. Mm. I remember it was, I was not in a good place. Uh, it really kicked my ass. It was like one of the only things that is like, I, it, honestly, like if I look back on all of Money Lab and anything I've done my whole life, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. Uh, and then, so then we hired a third person. We brought on a third person to do the coding. Right. So, and we, we couldn't afford to pay them. So we, it, he, they were, he was a third partner. And how'd so you now, vet this person? We really didn't. He was a part of Jason's community. And I think Jay, he had helped Jason with a few things, but never like actually did any technical work. It just helped him like via text, and he seemed to know his stuff. And I had talked to him, and he seemed to know his stuff. So we brought him on as a partner. But of course, like I had my reasons for doing it. Jason has his reasons for doing it, and this person had a completely different set of reasons for doing it. And so, what were his we reasons all, for doing it? I, I think wanting to work with us or wanting to work with Jason. You know, and, and he was, I know he had a really good job and it like kind of didn't need it and really didn't, it, the product wasn't for him. He was just a developer. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I really wanted the product. It really helped me. I mean, I, I used it. Jason less so, but still wanted it as well. Real, I think Jason more so wanted it for his audience. I wanted it for myself. This guy wanted to work. He just mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, some work and to side you know, do a side project. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, and so we all had our different, uh, you know, reasons for doing things and this is all hindsight like i could be wrong about all this stuff but also two I, chefs is hard three that's yeah it's insane I, honestly like that is that's where it all broke down was when it became like too many cooks in the kitchen mm. and then we ended up like getting rid of the developer and hiring a different developer or bringing on a different developer you know after after we had launched it and we had sold it. We'd sold it to 40 people roughly at like $300 a pop. Whoa. Yeah. And for it the was year, a lifetime, 300 for the year. It was a lifetime membership. Mm. They basically got it forever. And that was Jason's idea. And, and Jason, you know, pu- punched it to his list, which is pretty large at the time. My list was decent, you know, not nearly as large. Uh, and so we had buyers on board. We were using it. I mean, it worked. And, then, you know, we ended up like it, it, just like shit wasn't getting done. 
uh, on it because like we we had like all these it just became this hodgepodge of like what people we never really asked people what they wanted and we never like we were i don't know there was just so many fucking mistakes left and right and we tried to build a wizard to like onboard people and then that didn't work because of like the api keys and like and workflow just was just a lot of roadblocks brought on another developer because it just got to a point where like we needed somebody else and so, like, we got rid of the first developer. We brought on a second developer. Um, so now it's still still three people. But Jason and I basically had the same job, which was, like, deciding what the fucking software did. And so, like, we have to argue first and then communicate to the developer. And then, he, you know, the developer has own versions of three people is too many. Yeah. Needs to be two people. And so the prototype got out. People bought it. Uh, and then basically we, I, that's, that's when I redesigned it, you know, made it look more like modern. Uh, I was just working mainly on the way it like looked Mm. and the developer was working on the code and then it just like sort of constant arguing. What what was Jason doing? Uh, at the time, I think really just waiting. Like for, I was do- for the for, million dollar check. No, waiting. No, waiting for it to be good enough to promote because both him and I were just like, this isn't like we did it the one time and we were okay with that because we were building something new, but we weren't ready to like. We had all these ideas. We had worked together on uh, developing like a, a, a an epic post on Spruce. We were developing the homepage. Like we, um, you know, he had things written up for it, ready to go. And we, we were like, well, it, we're not going to hit po- – because he had a big list. Like, we knew that there was customers, like, on the other end, but we never felt comfortable promoting it because, like, just it was not good. Like, it was, mm-hmm. just wasn't up to our standards. And our developer and, and just, like, there was a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of, like, technical roadblocks. Uh, whether it was with API keys or not having enough, enough time because there was no customers coming in, right? So it's like, how do you get somebody to work on a product where there's no actively paying customers for them to see the benefits? Or does that, or you know, so especially when they were doing it pro bono, they weren't, we weren't paying them. So in hindsight, to all of all of this, like it, it was a, it was a failure. I ended up leaving completely. I, I, I. I think it was like a, a year we had been working on it for a year kind of on and off, you know, like every month we'd be like, dude, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. Didn't really, and we would have these arguments or, you know, not and arguments like very passive, right? Not right, very right. like, you know, there was a couple of times where it was like anger. Um, and then some, most of the time it was passive. And then finally, like I kind of just, I had enough. Like I was so stressed out for a year about it that I just was like, I don't even want to be a part of this. So you didn't, so they didn't away. buy you out or anything. You literally, they did buy like, me out. No, they, they bought did. me out. Yeah. So we had money, whatever money was in the bank. Uh, I got a third of it and I walked away. So I'm, we're talking about $1,500 maybe. And okay. huh? I, I mean, I, okay. I guess that's good that you got something. You yeah. learned that APIs are, are your bitch. least favorite thing ever. Yeah. Um, I don't think that you've touched Ruby again. Nope. 
So like, I only learn things when I screw up, you know. Yeah. So so of what you learned, and and actually, so of what you learned, what do you think are the most important things? And because I can only ask one question, uh-huh. um, would you ever do a software product again? Probably not. And I say probably not to instead of a hard no, because I still like the idea of it. Mm. I still think it's cool. Like, I like software, personally. But you don't, wouldn't want to be on, like, the build end of it. Like, you wouldn't want to be a coder. Absolutely not, no. Mm. No. No. So then nope. what, what do you like about it, the, the, just the nature of the business? The front end. I like, I like, uh, like kind of like designing UI. Mm. I enjoy that. I enjoy um, thinking about how people feel when they're using the software and how where things are placed and just like the overall just like aesthetic of it. I, I really nerd out about it and I kind of like wish I could just live in a world where I could just do that. Mm. You know, which I've helped you with with last <laughs> Yeah, like I, I do. Like I, it's such a but I don't want to do the work. I just want right. to go like Here's a design. I can mock up designs. I could do the code. I could do front end code, like mm. you know, so where you could just like I know plug you and could play, do. huh? Yeah. No, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would do that. But um, yeah, I I mean, what did you learn from it? Like, what what was the besides all, right. all the things that you extremely dislike? You know, I learned that software stresses me out in a way that I don't. I really can't get over. So mm. if there's a bug that happens, I I can't emotionally process that very well. So if people emailed me and said like I can't do something in your software, it and I was re- it, it I can't sleep. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, the thing I learned is that like I can't be the coder. I have to hire somebody, and I can't have a, a coding partner because I am always going to put more work in than they are. Mm-hmm. Like I just am. I, I, I it's my if it's especially if it's my idea and my thing. If I bring on a business partner who is the coder, I am going to work hard. I'm going to do more work, right. and I'm going to expect them to, to match your match me. And it's never going to happen. And if it does, like that's a perfect partnership. Great. Uh, I've yet to experience that in the last couple projects I've done. Um, even when even working with you with stuff, it's been like that. Like I sometimes am just a fucking I'm a machine in some ways, mm. and it's kind of like if somebody's behind, I'm like, come on, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and it's not fair. It's not fair for me to to think of others in that in that way. It's not fair to. But it is uh, also not fair for you to be a workhorse, you right. know, and and let no, other right. people. I don't know. Wait for their turn to. The, you know, it's not ready for them right. to. That's not it, fair. It's not fair. And I just, but I'm just, it's my thing. So it's like. And it's also hard to convey unfairness when you feel <laughs> right. like things are unfair. Right. Uh, so, so, you know, when I did, um, when I did Ernest, I had a business partner, the same deal. It was like, I need things done. They're not getting done. Uh, and then we, I, then I ended up hiring somebody to do the code that was better because I was like, oh, I basically am in charge, which was mm. great. Like I get to say, I want this. I want it to look, look like this. Make it do that. And then it, it got done that way. And that was kind of like 
oh, holy shit, I think I, now I know how I like to work. I, I can't work with somebody who's going to fight back on me, with me. I can't. Because right. I'm like, well, no. <laughs> uh, I can't have somebody who's like, I'll get to it next week or two weeks from now because I don't, I can't. You, you no. need things to be urgent and completed urgently. Yes, but also I'm running a business here. It's not like it's a part, you know, it's not a side hustle for me. Like this is the hustle for me. So right. like all the things. Um, but the bug thing still bugged me. <laughs> it was like if somebody emailed me and was like, Ernest is having this problem. I'm like, fuck, fuck, oh, <laughs> shit. And like I would like it'd, like immediately slack my you know developer and go like, oh, my God, I need this fax. Where, where are you? Are you out to dinner? <laughs> Like I like and it was insane. Yeah, but I can't. I just I, practice. I could probably practice getting over that, but I don't know, man. I, it just software just became an incredibly stressful like product development tool so for me. Even though you could you could afford to bring a developer on, you know, even yeah. though that you can code and you and you understand software. Mm-hmm. Uh, to maybe distill it down, the, the one of the biggest lessons was that software a software based business isn't your business. Yes. It's not my not my bag, baby, as like, they say. Your business needs to be one that is it its wins are predicated on your strengths. Yeah. I have to be I think I have to be fully in control of the mm. entire product development from from start to finish. I need to be able to understand every part of it. Uh like if I develop and sell a course, I literally do every single part of it. I set up the payment processing, yeah. I set up uh, how it looks, how it feels, every single thing is controlled by me, and I do all of the work. Incredibly liberating because when it's all said and done, like I, I did it, and it's done, and I'm and and there's no bugs. You know, there might be something I didn't cover, but I know how to fix that, and it, I can. It's okay if it takes time. Mm. It's it just to me, it's a better experience all the way around and i actually get a lot more satisfaction doing courses because people are going like that was amazing and it was an experience they had and it's not like an ongoing like your shit doesn't work motherfucker fix it (laughs) it's not like and i feel like people are so detached from software and the person who makes it that Mm. it's hard to go like it's just like if something doesn't work it's annoying and i i am so like my Biggest pet peeve in life. The thing that if you ever hang out with me and you see me angry, like you see me, like I have, a, and I, I wear my emotions on my face. It's just like, oh, Matt's very pissed, or like Matt has to poop. Like he is very <laughs> something's something's wrong with him. So like same face. It's the same face. It's because something that was supposed to work the way it was supposed to work didn't work the mm. way that way. It's usually the case. Like. You know, like I tried to order something on Amazon and and a and a four oh four page came up. Like that will make me so angry. <laughs> Amazon has four oh four pages. <laughs> well, I may be a bad example, but like if I if I try if I'm trying to get something complete and this thing that I've relied on is supposed to work and then it doesn't one day, like I grind it's it's an it's a it's hmm, mm. it's stress. So I think to answer the question, like, no, I will probably never build software ever again. I can't say that I'm, I won't be, t- I won't be involved with software in some way though. You know, right. like as a, I, I do find tools very interesting and they're cool products. And I think I, I have a special talent for um, designing and 
and maybe like and understanding marketing. how yeah and understanding people use it but i i ultimately like i don't want nothing to do with building it yeah, yeah. and having to maintenance it i think maintenance it i i actually you know I, I'll, I'll i'll take that back Building it is actually super fun because it's a puzzle, right? You're putting together a puzzle, yeah. and then when it's all said and done, you're like, oh, shit, it worked. <laughs> Everything like, that so... you solve is like a win, and you're excited. Yeah. And... It is so great. But then as soon as it's done and published and out there, every bug is no longer that puzzle. It's every like someone bug... coming and telling you that way you put all that time into sucks. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like, it's like. It's like a one-star pu- review. Yeah, like, it's like, it's like, you know, like setting up your, I try to think, like. Yeah, like setting up your house for a party or, and then like somebody comes in, you're like, you just like perfectly set this all up. You're all proud. And they're like, oh, that rug's out of place. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that pillow should be upside down. Uh, it's like, fuck you. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> Criticizing me on every goddamn thing. You know how long it took me to set this whole thing up for you? Yeah. That's, that's, how that's actually a, a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to read about the whole friggin' like thing, it's, it's on Money Lab. Uh, and I actually have another article that I wrote that's called uh, it's called Want to Build a Software Startup? Don't do these four things. <laughs> and if I could like... <sighs> Link to it in the show notes? Yeah. So, I, you know, here's what I'll tell you. I'll just give you the lessons. Uh, don't give yourself 60 days to build a complicated web app in a programming, programming language you've never used before. It's good. It's a good takeaway. Yeah. Don't try to rebuild your software in a new programming language with only 40 paying customers. So That's we did we, – we, we basically tried to build it from scratch again in, a, in, in Go. <laughs> Which, when you told me, is like the most insane thing. Perhaps yeah. that you should move that to number one. Yeah. Now, lesson number three, don't start a massive software project without a plan because mm-hmm. we didn't have any plan. And then uh, lesson four, don't bite off more than you can chew – the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time, and that's how I got overwhelmed because I tried to tackle this massive, massive, huge thing, and and it was all on your shoulders. All of yeah, it really felt that way. If it wasn't, <laughs> but yeah, it really was. I felt yeah. So that's the truth. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Uh, I want to thank Dylan Spitz for my middle name this week today this episode mad dog 2020 you know what that is no it's a fortified wine oh it's basically like oh. wine it'll get you drunk and so then like, give you a massive headache mm, the next day that it's like I cheap like that. it's like cheap ass alcoholic wine mm. like thunderbird do, do you have uh trader joe's by you i'm sorry yeah trader joe's uh, we do they don't sell wine oh, there's there's we one don't have two buck chuck Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm very I'm very familiar with it. I've had it. It's very good. Surprisingly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's cuz it's like a real winery. Mm. Did you see did you, you watch did you listen to the I think we talked about this. Did you listen to the you, Yeah, we might have. I didn't watch a documentary thing. I think No, you no. Uh, the Guy Raz episode of How I Built This. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I yeah. Um Yeah, I've had it before. We don't they don't sell liquor in the grocery stores here. In Colorado, it's an amazement in efficiency because if you put the bottle of two buck chuck next to another mm-hmm. bottle of wine, it mm-hmm. looks so much smaller. I mean, it is so much smaller oh. it's because there's so much less glass in the bottle. Oh, interesting. Which obviously will save money. 
But it's the same milliliters, 750. Yep, same milliliters. Uh, I mean, it looks like a baby. Like you're like, wow, they're they're lying to me. Is this in? Is this Trader Joe's in New Jersey? New New York City. New York. So you, have, so you have to go to New York to get this. Yeah. So when we're in New York, if we're I was going to say because I because I lived in New Jersey for thirty years and they didn't sell. Uh, we have a Trader Joe's near us, uh, but no wine. Right. They don't sell liquor in 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 grocery stores. New Jersey has like Jersey. all these weird rules with it, and then like that like. A or I'm sorry, Shoprite has it, but it has to be almost a separate building because it yeah. has to be closed certain hours, days. Like that's how it is in Colorado as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, we do have. There are certain grocery stores that can sell what's called near beer, which is like the same beer but has way has to have under like a certain percentage of alcohol. Hmm. So you might get like a a bottle of Fat Tire like at the grocery store at the liquor store that's like. You know, four or five percent alcohol, but you go to the you get the same the same brand uh, at a at like a Safeway, and it's like three point two percent. No, it's called near beer. Yeah. Oh my god! So Fat Tire makes a separate yes. brew to fit. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was gonna say I didn't know that it was a near beer, but I guess they have a version of. They have a version of it. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about on this show, please email me matt at moneylab.co. And feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And if you do, leave a review. Please leave a review. What if you listen to podcasts on iHeartRadio? Can you? Yes. D- do people? Not really. Well, now I'm adding that. <laughs> I Heart Radio. Boom. Uh, it's just going to make my clothing longer <laughs> and longer. That's fine. Part my job joke. is to make yours more difficult. Part of the joke. Uh, I want to read an, I want to read a review. I told you yeah. I was going to read a review. Another one that came in. It's really, uh, again, this one's really good. This is an iTunes, so leave a review. If you can leave a review like this, who boy. Who boy. Okay. E- email Matt and let him know that you left the review, and he will something who boy. Who boy. I will... Probably find it, but the title of this review is Matt Mixes a Wicked Podcast Cocktail. If you like your business podcast served up strong without the fruit and umbrella bullshit, then Money Lab is your poison. Mix Master Matt and co-host Andrew Fiebert have killer chemistry and leave nothing off the table or bar. <laughs> they share... They share about their shortcomings and business losses just as freely as they do about their successes, a rare thing among their contemporaries. And they have honest, unfiltered conversations with their guests versus the thinly veiled product pitches so many other shows dish out. Highly recommend it. Matt. Oh, well. No, read it now. Okay, yeah. Matt, I humbly (laughs) submit for approval the following middle name suggestion money bomb with two asterisks the asterisks being a money bomb how to make a money bomb a pint of good tripel trip triple or a similar nine percent avb plus beer with a shot of hoboken which is any (laughs) any two hard liquors combined dropped in slam it or (laughs) savor it as you prefer greetings from jefferson saint Andrew. I don't know what that means. It's Jefferson Saint? Saint Andrew? Jefferson Saint Andrew? I don't know. Uh, 
That was oh, awesome. Jefferson Street, maybe? I don't know. Uh, so have you ever had a Hoboken? <laughs> yes, I, I probably have them often. Where you Wait, mix so, two liquors so, together and just hope that it works. Is that tr- is that a real thing? Oh, I don't know, but I love oh. it. That's like right. when yeah, Laura and I like- are scraping the bottom, we're like, I think this will work. Then, yeah. then it's like, it's kind of gross. Don't throw it out. We don't have any yeah. more. Mix a little bourbon and scotch together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for that review. If you have more reviews like that, I will read them because they are good. Mm. And I'm going to use uh, Money Bomb in a future episode as my middle name for sure. Uh, if you really like the show, tell your friends about it, point them to your favorite episodes, and hopefully they'll become a subscriber just like you. So thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the show. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we uh, head out today? Yes. Um, just stop asking me that question. So I don't have to say no every time. All right. Thanks for listening. That's it. Bye. Please tell your friends about this show. (laughs) 